Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Being here today, and I want to go ahead and just jump right into uh, what God's laid on my heart for us to stay. I'm going to continue uh, speaking to you today from this series that we started last Sunday called Witness. 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 Say witness. We kicked off this series last week called Witness. And I shared with you uh, last Sunday that in my time reading through the New Testament, I discovered three mandates, three mandates that Christ gave to his church. Three mandates that Christ gave to his church. And these mandates that he gave to us are, are essential. Please hear my heart. They are essential if we're going to be a powerful and healthy and growing church. And that's what we want to be, right? We want to be a powerful, healthy, growing church. And Jesus gives these mandates here to the church. And they are, I listed them last week, prayer, prayer. He says, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer for all nations. He lists those mandates. One is prayer. The other one is evangelism. He says, I want you to go and preach the gospel all across the world. And then he gives us another mandate here, discipleship. And we've heard that verse, go and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations. Jesus has given these three mandates, prayer, evangelism, and discipleship. And all three of these mandates, I reminded you last Sunday, they're woven into God's mission for this local church here. God's mission for our church is that we are a praying church that loves God and loves people. Hallelujah that we are a place of hope for anybody from anywhere. No matter who walks through the doors here to any kind of ministry that we offer here, whether on campus or off campus, we want to be a place of hope for anybody from anywhere because people need hope today. And the heart of this church is to reflect Jesus by seeking the lost and serving the suffering and sharing life together as we grow spiritually. You see God's mission for this church is, is those three mandates woven here together to help us to become a powerful, healthy, growing church that we would make sure that we're seeking the lost and serving the suffering and sharing life together. That, that those mandates that we have upon us are gonna make us that powerful, healthy, growing church. And if we're going to be a healthy and powerful and growing church, we need, to be a, we, we need to be a praying church. And we've talked about that for several weeks as we kicked off the new year. And if we're going to be a powerful, healthy, growing church, we need to also be a witnessing church, a witnessing church. That's evangelism, a witnessing church. And we learned last week, what is a witness? What is a witness? A witness is a person who gives a testimony about something that they've seen or experienced in their life. And now that you are a follower of Christ, you have a testimony that you have experienced Christ in your life and he has changed you. And now you have become a witness 
and, and whether you want to receive it or not or acknowledge it or not, your purpose now in life, if you want to know what your God-given purpose is, your purpose is to be a witness for Christ, to be a witness for Christ. And I told you, listen, that's not from me. That's from Jesus himself where we find the words that he shared with his followers in Acts chapter one, verse eight, when Jesus says, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he says, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Your purpose, your purpose, my brother and sister, your purpose is to be a witness for Christ. How you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Well, last Sunday, we were encouraged and challenged by the Lord, by one of the greatest witnesses that ever lived on the earth, and that was who? Paul, very good. We learned from Saul, Paul, remember that? He was the great, one of the greatest witnesses that ever lived on the earth. And, and Paul had some mighty motivators that made him a powerful witness for Jesus Christ. And Paul was motivated. We learned about two of those motivators last week. He was motivated to witness and win people to Jesus Christ because of his own conversion in his life. Conversion means that Paul had been changed. He had been transformed. The old life was gone. The new had come. Paul was a new person. He had a new peace. He had a new direction. He had a new purpose in his life. He had been changed. And because he had been changed, now he was motivated to go and be a witness to the world. Paul was motivated by his conversion. Paul was also motivated by his calling. You remember I shared with you that the Lord spoke these words over Paul to Ananias. And he says, I want you to go to Paul because what? He's my, he's my chosen instrument to carry the name of Christ into the world. Paul was chosen. He was chosen by God to carry the name of Christ into the world. And I want to remind each and every one of you here today, whoever you are, listen, a follower of Christ, we are chosen. We are chosen instruments to carry the name of Christ into the world. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? I ask you today, just to give me a few minutes and we're going to discover another mighty motivator that motivated Paul to witness and win people to Christ. And that motivator was compassion. It was compassion. He was motivated by his conversion, his calling. And today we see that Paul was motivated by compassion. He was motivated by compassion. This man had a heart full of compassion. What is compassion? Well, compassion means to, it means to be moved with pity and mercy deep within for someone who is suffering and struggling in life. That's compassion. It's being moved to, to show pity and to have mercy deep within for someone who is suffering and struggling in life. Compassion is really demonstrated all throughout the scriptures, Jesus being the greatest example of being moved by compassion. You remember when he looked upon the crowds and he says they look like sheep without a shepherd and he says that the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. He was moved from within. He had pity, he had mercy on them because they were helpless. 
This compassion we see with the parable of the Good Samaritan when the the Good Samaritan went to the Jewish man who was wounded. The Bible says that when he saw him there lying in his wounds that he he felt compassion for him. He was moved from within and and demonstrated a mercy to him, to someone who was suffering and struggling. And then we see the same compassion with the parable of the prodigal son when the son goes away and wastes all of his inheritance and he's running from God and then he comes to his senses and when he's coming back home, what does the father do? It says that he runs to him with compassion. He runs to him with compassion. Compassion is something that will cause you to move deep within to help somebody who's suffering or struggling. And Paul was a man full of compassion. He went to such great extremes with his compassion to win people to Christ that many people thought Paul was actually crazy. This is the truth. And and you find this accusation about Paul being crazy in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Paul, he he was so moved and went to such great extremes to show compassion that the people thought he was crazy. We find here Paul replying to these accusations and here's what he says in verse 13. He says, if we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. I love what some translations, one translation says this, if I'm, out, if I'm crazy, it's because for God's sake. He says, if we're out of our mind or if we're crazy, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. But one thing I know, he says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. In other words, he's given them a picture of the cross right here, the love of Jesus Christ. I love Paul's reaction. I love the way way that he replied uh, when they tried to accuse him of being crazy. Paul says, listen, I may be full of crazy compassion, and you know what? If I am, I am, but the reason I am is because the love of God compels me. The love of Christ compels me. When I think about the cross and what Jesus did for me, dying for my sins and taking my place so I could have this new life and have a home in heaven, that love compels me and you can call me crazy if you want to. Hallelujah. And Paul had this crazy compassion. It was God's compassion deep within Paul that was driving him to witness. It was God's compassion deep within Paul motivating him to win people to Jesus Christ. And here in 2 Corinthians, the, verse, the few verses I just read to you, Paul is telling these Corinthians, these Christians here, that the source of compassion is God's love. The source of compassion is God's love. Come on, church. We love because who? God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. The Bible is clear telling us that God is love. God is love. And in verses 14 and 15, Paul gives them this powerful picture. 
He gives them a powerful picture of God's love by sharing with them the love that Christ demonstrated on the cross for sinners. Aren't you thankful for the love that Christ demonstrated to us? The Bible says here in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news today, friend. That's good news for us to be celebrating today. And Paul is reminding these people that the compassion that he has is coming from God's love. It's coming from God's love. You see, God's love is powerful. God's love had flowed into this man's heart, Paul's heart, Saul Paul. He had, God's love had flowed into his heart on the day that he was saved and now the man who was, who was violent, who was full of hate, who was full of rage, who was full of anger, who, who was prejudiced, now he was full of God's love and God's love can change a person, hallelujah. And God's love changed Paul to the very core, to the very core. So much so that Paul was changed by God's love that he went on to say things like this, that love is the most excellent way in life. Think about this man that was responsible for uh, chaining and, and persecuting Christians and murdering Christians and now the love of God has flowed into his heart and, and, and has changed him in a powerful way and now he's saying things like this, that love is the most excellent way in life. God's love and Paul motivated him to say that we should let everything we do be done in love. God's love and Paul motiv motivated him to say that we should always walk in the way of love. God's love in Paul motivated him to say that we should serve one another in love. God's love in Paul motivated him to encourage us and other believers to live their life with faith, hope, and and then he says this, he says, listen, and out of all three of those, don't ever forget this, the greatest one is love. Man is powerful. That God's love flowing in Paul has changed him and now he is sharing the love of God with those around him. He's expressing compassions to others because he has God's love in his life. You see, listen to me. Listen, you, you, you see God, you gotta have his love flow to you and in you before it can flow through you. And Paul had encountered it. The love of God had come to him and now was in him and now it was flowing through him. Christ's love in us will be seen through us and that's gonna make us into a powerful witness. People will know if you're truly sincere and that you truly have the love of God in your heart and it will make you a witness. It all starts, witnessing all starts with God's love as the source of compassion. And don't, don't think you're gonna try to work it up and make it happen. We've already tried it, I'm sure all of us. That's why we need the love of God as the source in our life. I want you to notice something else about compassion. Notice the, notice the span of compassion, the span of compassion. The span of compassion is to all people. Paul said in verse 14 that he was convinced. He says, I'm convinced that Jesus died on the cross for all. You go back and read it. He died for all. He died for all people. And praise God, praise God this morning that God loves all people. He loves all people. Newsflash, he loves black people. He loves brown people. He loves white people. He loves rich people. He loves poor people. He loves educated people. He loves uneducated people. God loves all people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's compassion, 
God's compassion for all people, it overflowed, it overflowed into Paul's life, motivating him with a crazy compassion. I love saying that, crazy compassion, crazy compassion for all people. And the reason it was crazy compassion for all people, we, we see it right here. You can go back and read it later. I don't have time to read the whole chapter to you, but 1 Corinthians chapter nine, you wanna know how crazy Paul was? Paul went on to say that I'll, listen, I'm so crazy with compassion for all people that I'll become all things to all people so they can be saved. He says, if it's the Jew that abides the law, then I'll be like the Jew and I'll follow the law that I may win some. If it's the Gentile who opposes the law, I'll be like the Gentile and I'll oppose the law so I can win some. If they're weak, I'll be weak so I can win some. If they're strong, I'll be strong so I can win some. I'm gonna become all things to all men so they can be saved. Oh man, hallelujah, all people. He says, I'll do everything. I'll go to any extreme. I will go to any extreme. This crazy compassion that you're accusing me of, it will carry me and cause me to go to any extreme to win people to Jesus Christ. Oh man, can you imagine a church full of people like that? Woo, hallelujah. Paul said everything. Paul did everything. He did everything possible, went to every extreme to lift people with the love of Christ. And we're never more like Jesus. Come on, church. We're never more like Jesus than when we're lifting others with the love of God. I love that song. I wish I could sing it. Love lifted me. Y'all know the song I'm talking about? The Lord just said, stop right there. I love that song. I'll read the lyrics to you. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lift me, lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Aren't you thankful that love will lift you? How many of you have ever been lifted by the love of God? You see, love will lift people and love gives people a lift in life. And like Paul, once we've experienced God's love lift in our own life, we need to become love lifters. We need to all become love lifters. Witnesses for Jesus Christ should be love lifters. And God wants to use you, listen to me, God wants to use you to love lift people, especially those that are suffering and those that are struggling in life. He wants to use you to be a love lifter. Maybe he could use you today to love lift some struggling family members. Maybe he could use you today to love lift some struggling friends. Maybe he could use you to love lift some struggling coworkers, love lift some struggling students, love lift some struggling classmates, love lift some struggling clients, or even love lift some struggling enemies of yours. God wants to use you to be a love lifter. You see, God has mandated, he's mandated the church to be a church of love lifters. Come on, church. He's mandated us to be love lifters in life. And love lifters have compassion for all people. It's, it's a span that reaches all people. Love lifters are gonna love broken people. Love lifters are gonna uh, love messed up people. Love lifters are gonna love hurting people. Love lifters are gonna love the unlovable. Love lifters are gonna love those that believe different than you do. Love lifters are gonna love the lost. Love lifters are gonna love the addict. Love lifters are gonna love those who live a homosexual lifestyle. 
Love lifters are going to love Democrats and love Republicans. Love lifters are going to love, they're going to love all people. They're going to love all people. So God help us right now to be love lifters. To be love lifters, sharing the love of Christ. Listen, in, in this world that we live in today, as dark as it is and divided it is, God, please motivate us to be love lifters. Come on, church. We need to be love lifters. When you think about God being the source of love in our own life, we should be lifting others with his love and being a witness for him. The greatest witness that we can be is to love all people, love all people, all people the way Christ loves us. What a sacrificial love. Can you imagine the impact this, this church would make? Can you, can you imagine the impact that we would have in our homes if we loved, if we were love lifters? Can you imagine the impact we would have in our schools and in our workplaces and, and right here in our own state and across the nation? Can you imagine the impact that we would have if we were all love lifters with the love of God? God help us to be love lifters. That's the span of compassion that reaches all people, all people. I want you to notice something else, and that's the signs of compassion, the signs, the evidence, the proof, the signs of compassion in a witness. Paul, had a, he had a core compassion. That was one of the signs, a core compassion. What do I mean by that? Paul had a compassion that came deep within that he had because now Christ lived in him. It was a love that was coming deep from within that was produced by the Holy Spirit. I shared that Wednesday night, that the Holy Spirit can produce love in your life. And Paul had this core, this core compassion that came from within because he had been changed and Jesus was living in him and the Holy Spirit had filled him and the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruit is love. And love was at the core of Paul's life creating in him a tender and compassionate heart. He mentions that several times in the scripture. He says, I have a tender and compassionate heart, one like a mother that's nurturing a baby. That's a, that's a tender and compassionate heart. And Paul had this tender and compassionate heart to the core and it motivated him to witness. And I ask you, I'm asking you this morning, the Lord wants to know, do you have a tender and compassionate heart to all people? Do you have that core compassion because you have received Jesus Christ into your life and that love that he has placed in your heart has changed you and now you express it to other people around you? Do you have a core compassion? That's what motivated Paul. It wasn't, I'm gonna love you today and I don't worry, we'll, th we'll talk about it tomorrow. No, it was a core compassion that he was always showing and always loving, so much so that they said, you're crazy, Paul, you're crazy. Paul also had a courageous compassion. He had a courageous compassion for all people. Paul was willing to take courageous risks to share the gospel. You see, Paul's courageous compassion motivated him to step out of his comfort zone and witness to all people. Think about Paul uh, leaving his comfort zone and going on missionary journeys and sharing the love of Christ and planting churches and winning people to Christ and seeing the kingdom grow around him. It was because he had a courageous compassion that caused him to step out and take a risk and to get out of his comfort zone. Paul had a courageous compassion flowing through him, motivating him to witness and win people to Jesus Christ. Listen, no matter the cost and no matter the risk, and if you're gonna have a Christ-like compassion, let me go ahead and tell you right now, it's gonna cost you something. 
If it's not costing you something, and I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not Christ's compassion. We need, we need courageous compassion if we're going to be witnesses for Christ in these last days. And we need to be willing to take risk, and we need to be willing to, to pay the cost. And I ask you this morning, are you willing to express compassion to all people no matter the cost? Even if it requires you to get out of your comfort zone. I'll never forget talking about risk and stepping out of your comfort zone. I remember several years ago, we were here on a Wednesday night service and we were all gathered here and the service was just starting and uh, all of a sudden, about the time we were starting to praise and worship, this gentleman uh, walks through the back door, pretty good sized fella, walked through the back door and uh, he looked a little bit uh, distraught and uh, we were talking to him and uh, come to find out that his car had uh, ran out of gas out here on the highway right across here in front of the church. And so he was gonna come over to the church and see if someone could help him. And when he jumped over the fence over here to come to the church, he landed in that dog pen out there. And he didn't know there was dogs in there. Well, he made his way pretty quick out of that dog pen and got here. And uh, I guess that's why he looked a little distraught. And he was like, who's dogs? And I think one of the others said, those are the preacher's dogs. So his car was out there uh, out of gas on the highway and to make matters worse, uh, he was intoxicated. And uh, so we told him, you know, look, if you'll wait here, we'll see what we can do. So he sat right there, uh, kind of where uh, Jeremy Williams is sitting at right now, back in that area. And he stayed through the whole service and listened to the service. And uh, at the end, we brought him up, we prayed for him. And so after things kind of cleared out, we asked him, hey, what, what, what can we do to help you? Have you got anybody that we can call? Well, no, he's gone through a divorce, no wife, but he has a daughter. But his daughter and him don't have any relationship anymore. So you don't have anybody you can call to come and get you because we're not, no, we're not letting you drive away. We're not letting you leave here. And he said, no. So we got together. It was myself and Jason Lee and Tommy Sanders. Jason Lee took off and went to the store, got a jug and filled it up with gas and myself and Tommy Sanders got in my car along with the intoxicated man and put him in our car and we were gonna drive around and meet over there where his car was broke down and it was kind of funny because Tommy was in the back seat telling that guy that he was a karate instructor. <laughs> and I'm like, Tommy's not a karate instructor. But we, we were trying to size this guy up. I think we could have we took him down. And we finally got over there to his car and Jason showed up and we put gas and man, he had a nice cat. This guy was smart. He was like a, 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 a electrical engineer and had a nice big Cadillac out there on the highway. And I said, look, we're gonna put gas in your car, but you're not leaving. If you leave here on that car, I'm calling the law. I said, the only way we're gonna put this gas in that car right there is if I get to drive you home. And so he got a little irate and a little mad and a little upset, but he agreed. And we put the gas in the Cadillac, Jason left, Tommy got in my car, was gonna follow us. I got in the front seat of that big old Cadillac, looked like a cruise ship. <laughs> he was on the ride of me. He was still a little bit upset because he won't drive and I turned the car on, cranked it up, and guess what comes on the radio? Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> blaring. And I just look at him and I'm like, I feel like I'm on a crazy train today. <laughs> Some of y'all know Ozzy Osbourne, crazy train. 
we got in that Cadillac and took off and he told us where he lived or told me where he lived and uh, it was way out there all I know it was between Turkey and Clinton somewhere I call it (laughs) E-I-E-I-O way out there in nowhere land and I witnessed to that man as hard as I could witness to from the time we got in that car and took off I, I gave him every scripture I know I told him my story I told him how alcohol had affected my life how drugs had affected my life I told him how God could put his marriage back together I told him how God could re- restore I mean I'm, just, I'm giving him as much as I can give him in that car uh, witnessing to him and it seemed like the more I shared Christ with him the more agitated and aggravated he got you know it's not easy talking to a drunk and witness to him and we kept right on rolling and I'm thinking this man is about to flip out on me any minute but we made it to EIEIO and prayed with him there in the driveway and then I got in the car and Tommy was there with me and we came back home and I wished I could stand up here and tell you today that I know that man got right with God and turned away from alcohol and I wish I could tell you that he got saved and he's living for the Lord now I wish I could tell you that his family's back together I wish I could tell you that him and his daughter have a relationship now I wish I could tell you that he had left the alcohol behind I, I have no idea but all I do know is is that God gave us an opportunity to show compassion to somebody and we showed compassion to somebody and let me tell you it was a risk And it cost us a little something, but you know what? It was the opportunity to be able to share and to be able to uh, show compassion to somebody who needed it more than anything. And Paul had that courageous compassion. And God give this church courageous compassion. Paul had a caring compassion. I'm almost done. He had a caring compassion. He knew people were weighed down in life and he always was caring for people. Just like the good Samaritan who recognized the wounds in the Jewish man, Paul would travel and he would see the needs and he would see that people are wounded in life. He would know that people are wounded spiritually and they're wounded emotionally and they're wounded physically in their life and he would take time to do whatever he could to have a caring compassion to try to help meet those needs in the lives of people. And I just pray, friend, I pray that our church, that we would look for people that are wounded in life and that we would have a caring compassion that we, like the Good Samaritan, that we would be willing to stop and we would be willing to help them and show compassion to them to uh, to help heal those wounds in their life. I was so blessed yesterday. Miss Nancy Underhill and her team with the caregivers went out and delivered bags to some of our caretakers and shut-ins with Valentine bags. You see, they recognize there's people out there with wounds that are, that are there and they need, they have needs in their life and, and they just, they need the compassion of God and, and I'm so grateful for her and her team to go out and be a blessing and I ask you, who can you, who can you care for this week? Who can you care for this week? Who do you know that has a wound in their life that you can care for? Maybe it's a brother and sister in the church. Maybe it's somebody at your work. Maybe it's somebody at your school. Maybe it's somebody in the community. I, I don't know, but there's a lot of people around us, friend, and they're weighed down and wounded in life. And if we would just uh, stop and have a care and compassion that would motivate us to do something in their life and let them know that God loves them, that could open up the door for you to be a witness. God help us. And finally, I tell you this, 
Paul had a continuous compassion, a continuous compassion. Continuous compassion is an ongoing compassion that's never gonna stop. Listen, Paul's love, that crazy compassion that he had, it never stopped. He never gave up on people. From the time he was saved until the very end of his life, he still had that crazy compassion for people. He was motivated daily to witness because he had a continuous compassion. I mentioned the father and the prodigal son story. Can you think about that? That the son, uh, he wastes away his inheritance. He lives in a far country and then he comes to his senses and instead of a dad, a father that was gonna reject him, he had a father that was, had a continuous compassion that was always looking for a son, always praying for a son, always believing that he would come back home. It was an ongoing compassion that he never gave up and when he saw him coming down the path, he ran to him, he ran to him with compassion because it's a continuous compassion that never gives up, that never stops loving. Thank God for that love. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm thankful to pastor a church today that exhibits these cores, these these signs of compassion, core compassion, courageous compassion, caring compassion, continuous compassion. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that demonstrates and expresses that compassion. I think about our recovery ministry, celebrate recovery that that expresses compassion to addicts and those that have hurts and habits and hangups. I think about our, our caretakers and, and the, the way they express compassion to those that are shut-ins and those that really need encouragement. I think about our food pantry that we have here on campus that expresses compassion to people who are uh, going through some desperate times in their life. I think about our, our benevolence and, and our benevolence and how we're able to help people who are going through some very low times in life, showing compassion. I think about the bus and the van ministry that runs and picks up these kids out of the community, showing compassion to them. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that expresses a core compassion, a, a courageous compassion and a caring compassion and a continuous compassion. I think about the compassion through our harvest train, reaching those kids and the orphan down there at Falcon Children's Home, the people to people ministry, supporting little kids all over the world. I think about all the local outreaches, I couldn't name them all, that right here out of this church that blesses our community and blesses our schools. I think about the counseling that's done here on campus that gives compassion to people that are going through some struggling and tough times in their life. I think about the single moms and the widow banquet that we do every year that shows compassion to these precious people who are at a very low place in their life. I think about our Thanksgiving where we send out food to people in the church and send it out into the community to people who need a help during Thanksgiving, compassion. I think about our Christmas Impact Kids event that we had Last couple of years, reaching kids all across this community, giving compassion. I think about Samaritan's Purse and all the shoe boxes of toys and the love of God that went out to all these kids all over the world, showing compassion. The list could go on and on. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that we are part of a ministry here with a core compassion that's coming because we have a love in us because Jesus has changed us. I'm thankful to be a part of a courageous uh, church, a courageous, compassionate church that we're willing to do whatever it takes, no matter the risk, no matter the cost, so we can be a witness and share the love of God. I'm thankful to be a part of a caring ministry. 
And I'm thankful that we're part of a continuous compassionate ministry that we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. I believe God has opportunities right now and I believe he's going to open up more doors for us to show compassion. God help us because our world, listen, our world is starving for love and compassion. And I leave you with this. Who needs compassion in your life? Who needs the compassion of Christ in your life? Who, who is the Lord putting on your heart right now that, that, that they need compassion in their life? I believe God is opening up a door for you. I'm talking to you, each and every one of you that are here. I believe God is opening up a door for you. Now, and I believe there'll be doors that are gonna open up for us going forward to people we know and people we don't even know that we can share the love of Christ. And the only way you're gonna be able to do it is to make sure you've been baptized with the love of God. That's the kind of compassion we need. Baptized in the Holy Spirit so he can fill us and we can have a love that comes deep within that's produced by the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to pray right now. Spend some time praying right now that we would all be baptized with this love. Come on, church. I'm asking you that the Lord would baptize you with this love and we would all become love lifters in our life. I'm not asking you to check out. This is no, we're not checking out. This is a time that we're gonna seek God and, and you pray that his love would fill you right now. His love would fill you right now so we can go out and be a compassionate witness for Christ and win people. I'm gonna pray this over you and you pray with me. Some of you already got this part down pat, the crazy part. I'm just playing. I'm praying that we'll all have a crazy compassion. I mean crazy. Yes. You, I, I wouldn't do that. You're crazy. I was getting ready to leave church today. Pastor Kevin talking about taking a risk. Gentleman showed up, needed gas. Pastor Kevin went and helped him out with a little gas. I don't know if his story was legit, but you know what? It was another opportunity to show compassion. Just a few days before that, we had another individual show up here at the church. Some of y'all think we just sit around and then Sunday morning, that's when we work. Just kidding. You don't think that. We had a gentleman show up and Lucas and I, my little boy, we were about to walk out the door to leave and the ladies, I could hear a gentleman in there talking. He said uh, he needed some gas to get to Wilmington. I don't know where they meet at, but they all have the same story. They need to get from Goldsboro to Wilmington. And he was there in the office and he says, oh, you must be the pastor. Yes, sir, I sure am. I need, I need some money to get gas. And I said, you know what? My, my son and I right here, we're getting ready to walk out the door and I'll follow, you follow me down there to the handy mart and we'll fill your car up with gas so you can get to wherever you need to go in Wilmington. You would do that for me? Absolutely. You, you just follow that little silver camera out there right to the handy mart and uh, the handy mart's got good gas. We'll fill it up. We got out there, me and Lucas got in the car and I walked outside and he had like a, uh, I looked like a Cadillac too. <laughs> and had two or three women in the car with him. I was like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Y'all pray for the pastor. <laughs> 
And me and Lucas got in the car, and I saw that Cadillac back out of the parking lot, and he took off like he was in a NASCAR race, went out there, got in front of us, got to the stop sign, floored it, took off, never saw him, never saw. I don't know where he went. And I don't even know why I'm telling this. It's crazy. It's crazy compassion. It's crazy. You mean to tell me you'd want to help somebody like that? Well, hey, it's crazy sometimes. But you know what? You do it for the Lord's sake. That's right. You do it for the Lord. That's what Paul says. I'm doing it for the Lord's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crazy for the Lord's sake. Lucas said, Daddy, where'd he go? <laughs> so he must have had another appointment, son. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you for crazy compassion. Lord, you demonstrated crazy compassion to us. Even while we were sinners, you died for us on a cross. You took our place. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that love. And I pray that everyone here under the sound of my voice or watching online, I pray that they have received that love. Friend, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you some good news. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. He died on a cross for you. He shed his blood for you. And, and because of what he did on the cross, our sins are forgiven and we can have a home in heaven. Put your faith in him right now. Put your faith in Christ right now. Accept that love in your life right now and just turn from sin, repent of sin and place your faith in him and begin to walk with Jesus right now and he will fill you with a crazy love, a crazy love. And Lord, I pray for everyone here today. Under the sound of my voice, God, baptize us right now. Baptize me, Lord, with crazy love. Please, God, give me a core compassion. God, give me a courageous compassion. Give me a caring compassion, Lord. Give me a continuous compassion, Lord. Help me not to give up on people, Lord. Help me not to stop loving people, Lord, despite what they may have done or said, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, God. Lord, give us your love. Feel us right now. Feel this church, God. Feel this church, Lord. Feel this church. Baptize each and every one of us with your love right now, Lord. Lord, a love for our brothers and sisters, a love for our family, a love for our friends a love for our community, a love, God, for strangers, whoever they may be, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now that we would be carriers of love, carriers of crazy compassion. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, we're asking this right now in faith, God. Come on, church. That Lord, we thank you for every opportunity we have had. But Lord, we're asking you to open up more doors, God. Lord, open up more doors, God. Today and going forward, we pray that you would open up doors, God, for us to be able to share your love and compassion with a world that's starving for it, God. May you anoint every one of us to do it right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.